0: One, Jim Joyce. Quite a look there, man. <laughs> I got like I'm. I I knew the energy levels were a little challenged this week, so we wanted to see things through uh, rose-colored glasses. You know.
1: You know what? Lo- love <laughs> it. And even though so much shit going on, um, the shot must go on, right? The shot so must go on. The mu- the shot must go on. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sort of still recovering from my first kind of big trip, right? Like in what a year and a half-ish, right? Uh, so the Boston trip last week. Uh, just I I didn't realize that how much I actually liked eating at home and versus like yeah, eating out and the drinks and this and that, just stuff happening
0: and like I just didn't. It's a whole feel- rhythm. Was there a whole rhythm to it, right? Like that you're just not used to. You're just like you're not trained in it and socializing, even though you're very social, socializing with people. Imagine if you weren't, like if you're if you're Yeah, I I guess
1: if you're like I mean, I don't think and and we'll we'll talk to the the our guest who is waiting in a minute on on maybe on that too. But like I don't think there's such a thing as like you're extroverted all the time or introverted all the time. Like we all go through phases. I also need my quiet time. I also right. need my, you know, wonderful partner in crime, time, <laughs> and others. Exactly. Um, so I am looking forward to speaking to our guest today. I actually, well, you know what? Let let let's let him in, Gil. Back.
0: I think he's. I've heard Gil can carry us through this Wednesday. This is going to be. This is going to be Gil Wednesday. <laughs> is, it will be Gil Wednesday.
2: Hey there, how are you, my friends? Now, where are you, first of all?
1: That's Hello. a very good
2: question.
0: A very good Jim. question. Uh, Dublin, Ireland. Jim, good to see you, Gil.
2: <laughs> good to see you, Jim. I was just, this is going to blow your mind. I had a conversation earlier today about my interest in Ireland uh, professionally. <laughs> professionally. And yes. I just sent an email while I was waiting for us to kick off right. um, with, to my uh, colleague, who's the head of Europe, about okay. my my growing interest in our organization having a footprint in ireland Ooh, so nice. yes from a health standpoint okay um, now brexit of course has changed everybody's perspective of where they need to be and right. and obviously your neighborhood right now has become very very important to us
0: yeah well we are very welcome we want you here so, you know, I, <laughs> more the merrier.
1: <laughs> especially, let's pimp out the, uh, the October Health Excel as well. That looks like that's going to be happening in October. And Gil, uh, you know, before we go into your, your introductions, I think you're going to be, if I'm not mistaken, in Israel in October for right. a well wellness conference. So while not, you know, really in the neighborhood, still much closer. <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe, you know.
2: Yeah, this, I- I'll tell you, starting the beginning of August, because of hymns, I I, I think the world has sort of said, um, we, we need to start to reconnect physically. And, you know, we're physical creatures, and as strange as it feels, and I was watching you, Gene, your all your reunions in New Jersey um, with all uh, of our mutual that's friends. Right. You know, I, I think we, we feel connected constantly through this, you know, sort of like Zoom-like, platform right I, I think that we've tired with uh two-dimensional zoom relationships i think we yearn to go back to the three-dimensional yeah. world and it, uh you know it, I, i'll say it felt really point. good
1: to give hugs i have to say yeah, it right. felt really good heart to mm-hmm. heart
2: you'll appreciate this i was at breakfast with john nasta joe dustin um uh i think shwen uh, angela uh, Radcliffe and yeah. uh, Craig Lipset. And along comes uh, Marianne Rizik, who you probably know. And she's the last to the group. We're outside. She's hugging everybody. And I said, as she finished hugging the last person, I said, now, Marianne, I want you to guess which one of us isn't vaccinated. And I thought <laughs> <laughs> I saw this look of terror across her face <laughs> because it shows you the, the, um the influential power of i i think we're all okay but the moment right. you take that away it's like i really feel threatened
0: right right no it's a classic thing oh they're okay don't worry about it like what well, does it mean they're okay
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's so the- good so so Gil. um I, we we have so much to unravel and unpack, but like, you know, some of the little facts that I found out by listening to Mike Biselli's podcast uh, with you on it, a few others, I think, Zhao, um, et cetera. But like, I actually never knew that you were a combat medic. And I also just learned that Mm -hmm. you're also a rabbi, like, and private equity and communications. And like, I was like, holy, I mean, who is this
2: this guy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, this guy's like a superhero.
2: No, I'm, 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 look, you're a soup. Both of you are superheroes. You and Jim were like the superheroes. I'm, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm an evolution. Yes, he has superhero glasses. Holy mackerel. Um, Look, I'm an evolution. I'm, I'm totally an evolution. And that's what's kept me uh, vibrant and relevant. But forget about that it's really to me about constantly finding purpose and defining purpose and making a difference in the world. And so in each of those roles, Eugene, that when I when I stepped into them, first of all, they're not disparate roles. They, they look like um, soldier, rabbi, private equity guy, you know, communications leader. What does any of this have to do with anything? And actually, it's all interconnected. So first of all, I got to be a, um, a combat medic in the paratroopers. I, I was first a paratrooper. And then uh, I was slated actually to go to commander's course. And I was, um, I, I won't go into the details. I was very seriously injured. And I ended up in the hospital for about six In the six US months. or? In Israel. In, Israel. in Israel. So in and out of the hospital in, in rehab for six months. What got me there and how I was treated by uh, obviously a very eager medic unintentionally almost killed me with morphine. You know, he was so frightened I'd be in terrible pain and wake up in terrible pain that he kept on, you know, sort of adding a little bit. Um, And first of all, I slept for the best sleep I think I've ever had in a long time for about 12 hours straight. Um, I'd been unconscious. So and, and then I was just asleep. Wow. And then I began this rehab journey. and I, I really saw um, the difference between compassionate physicians and um, and apathetic physicians. and my well-being, my recovery was really dependent upon engaged engaged passionate physicians. I mean that was really clear. I could have lost my leg from the apathetic physicians. It's like maybe we will just cut off the foot and be done with it. so, right. So, you see in the earliest stages of life how communications and connection actually influence outcomes. My outcome yeah. was strong because I had physicians who were upfront, who told me what we needed to do together. They actually used very early stage um, innovative therapies, neurotransmission therapies in my leg to re- jumpstart the nerves in my foot. Yeah. Uh, and this is—we're talking about the. Um, we're really talking about the nineteen, um, the earliest nineteen eighties, nineteen 1979, 1980. That was like, huh? But this guy
0: yeah. said, "Let's let's go that way." I returned you, to my. Yeah, you, you, you look so young. Did they give you some? Kind I was. Of, I was uh, just
1: going to say know? some. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, what else did they do I, I actually, there? What other I,
0: treatment?
2: Did I, you get? I, I follow Eugene and his wife their their suggestions for. For good behavioral health and healthy living. There you and, go. There you and go. And that keeps me vibrant. But in any event, in any event, I returned to the unit. I wanted to become a combat medic. I graduated as the outstanding combat medic of my class. I was assigned to be the combat medic for the person who had been the commander of what they call commando paratroopers. I did that for a few years. But in that time, forget about handling wounded colleagues, which I did do. I also handled uh, wounded civilians. You know, war war um, affects its ravages on people, not, not just combatants, civilians. And I, I really developed firsthand. I saw the struggle of, of mothers and children, of grandfathers with their grandchildren. And I made a pledge at that time that one, if I survive, I would do everything I could do to help humanity. In gratitude, but also having seen people's pain, it ripped open in my heart a uh, a chasm for the pain humanity feels. So that's the that's the background of how that leads to. That. As a rabbi, I'd go to hospitals. By the way, I would actually be in hospitals where people were leaving this world for the next, and I'd be with the families and with them. And often when the family would leave the room and the person was, let's say, at Memorial Sloan Kettering, I would say to that person, how are you doing? They'd say, I'm, I'm OK. I'm OK. I said, I said, how are you doing? And they would say, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. And, and, and from that, I learned something which is truth, uh, truth about what's going on. I said, you know, your husband is not going to say, you know, pull the plug <laughs> They're not gonna do that. If you have a preference of where you want your life journey to go, you have to advocate for yourself right now because your children and your husband are gonna hold on to you with their fingernails. What do you want? So And, and not- those are
1: all tough discussions, right? We uh, uh, <clears throat> we had the, the one slide uh, discussion, right? Like that to be prepared for death. Um, I mean, wow. we we had a guest on on the show as well, right? <laughs> Alex mm-hmm. a- Alex Drain. I don't know if you know her, Gil. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so she that was a big sort of movement um, that she had through the Health 2.0 days. It's just you need to have these discussions early on right, and be right. prepared, right? So, yeah. but, it, but, but like okay, so so who is Gil Bash? The more the morphing Gil Bash. <laughs> yeah, that's- you know, no, no, no. I said
2: to someone, I said to someone, I'm the caterpillar who, <laughs> who morphed into another caterpillar who morphed into another caterpillar. I, I, I'm like in transition <laughs> constantly, but but uh, you know. So you're what, ready
1: to be a butterfly now. That's that. I, I don't think After so. After this show, no, you're not. Well, after this show, maybe,
0: maybe after this show. It's funny. I asked my, because I, because, you know, Gil, we hadn't interacted, you know, and I'd seen you online and everything, but I asked my colleague, my co-founder, I said, oh, we've got Gil Bash coming on." He's like, oh, oh, Gil. And I, and I'm like, well, like, you know, give me, you know, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, he's um, kind of a tempered, you know, he's kind of a, he's a, he's a tempered wise John Nasta.
2: (laughs) Don't say that to John Nast. Is John Nast you? Know, he would be like. So like oh, John's tag- very
0: wise.
1: I'm, tag- <laughs> I'm tagging him on this. I am okay. tagging he John. I love.
0: <laughs> John- He's gonna
1: explode. He'll no, explode. but let me say this: like,
0: but maybe, maybe John Nasta is a brilliant Gilbash. <laughs> <laughs> that's a,
2: that's the ultimate compliment. I love John.
0: We're, 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 we're dear friends. We're dear,
2: dear friends, and. You know, one of the things I love about being with both of you and Nasta and all the other people we have in common is there is some common thread. I think we all come from the, like the like the brothers from another mother or siblings from another mother. But there is something about us that is still idealistic and believe that somehow or another through this work, we will improve people's lives. John Nasta would say something like, Gil, that's bullshit. You know, because he's a contrarian. But and when you peel away the contrarian of John Nasta, he's
1: just like you and me. He wants to, you know. at, At the end of the day, though, right? And this is like you kind of mentioned this around. You know, compassion versus being apathetic. At the end of the day, it's also communication in the right way, right? And how do you communicate with different target audiences and people and And I think sometimes we in healthcare, right? Forget that communication is actually one of the key components, right? And people work with people and it's not two sides of the equation. It's really the same. Um, I I loved your comment on like, you know, constantly finding purpose, just together communicating and finding that purpose. This is how you build teams. This is how you get out in the market. This is how- I,
2: I agree. I was having a conversation this morning with a young colleague who, I think the world of. And um, I, I was commenting on something she had written and I said, you know, you write so well, but you're writing from your vantage point to what you wanna say to the other person. Factor in their experience of your words and what they need to hear and, and how they might respond. And, uh, you know, I think that the three of us, especially, that there's an analytic component to us as people but also us as communicators. I think the ultimate communicator or communications is about making a connection. And you know, I think that the, the challenge we have is we wanna tell our story. We, we, wanna, we wanna share our point of view. and But really, if we were to stop and think for a second, we wanna bond to each other and get something done for the sake of humanity in our
0: field it's funny on my wall, uh, back here, like you can't see it cause it's on the inside, but, um, <laughs> but the, uh, we have, a uh, so we have empathy, you know, empathy on the walls and, um, uh, and, but then, then some, well, what's the definition of empathy. And then, so, so my definition was, and it's probably, I probably got it somewhere, but it is to be able to achieve the true context of another person, you know, and, and that was just your child, you know, and then we kind of have it on the wall because that's communicate right? Like if I can't, I want you, yeah, I want to tell you what I'm thinking or whatever it is. But like, if I can understand how you, your context, how you're taking it in, your communication goes from.
2: Yeah, look, the, the, the I mean, this is all thinking, you know, sort of like the Stephen Covey days where you sort of like, 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 um, like, sort of like, you know, sort of like first seek to be, uh, like, was it first seek to understand, then be understood. And, um, you know, I think that in health, particularly, that I, I'm often amazed at the physicians that I really, uh, I think are extraordinary and, and those that I think are extra brilliant. And and often they, they might have a lot of knowledge, but it's really the ability to connect with someone who sits in front of you and inspire them to, to connect to your words or to connect to themselves. And perhaps it's one of the reasons why our, our developed nations have a sick care system. We, we don't have a healthcare system. Uh, right. I, I, I sort of secretly laugh at those words, healthcare. Do you, I mean, in this country, I don't go to the doctor if I'm to feel well, I actually do, but most people actually go when they're not feeling well, when they're sick and they want care. But the thought of actually investing in people's lives so that they're inspired to self-care or wellness that that's just not part of the health system right now, and we're wondering why in the United States. I can't speak to Ireland, or 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 Spain, Barcelona, but in this country we're spending. I'm, I'm in New
1: Jersey now, man. Oh, okay, so, now you're one of so. you're one of us now. You're for, stuck. Yeah, for for another month or so. <laughs> okay, I have to go visit you then, and uh, and uh, I was going to say we need to because we're. I, I don't think we're that far away, but we'll. No, no. We'll Do you like Indian food? Out. By the way,
2: like Indian I, food? I
1: love Indian food.
2: I I just found the best place for Indian food. Um,
0: if, is that is one, that
1: Ritesh's restaurant? It I is. was thinking
0: that. I was thinking okay. of Ritesh's restaurant.
1: Yeah, something you got
0: to fly. I'm heading.
1: Over. I'm heading over there
2: tomorrow, Gil. Well, do me a favor. <laughs> Snap a picture from that place and and um, tag me when you tweet it out, and I'll okay, tag. Ritesh. We'll do. Right. Um, so I've just joined, by the way, I've just been accepted to the, the Raj Curie Club. Um, it, it's a special club that he leads and I'll send you the link, but um, he determines who gets into
1: the club, so. All right, I'm gonna work on it. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, work on but, it tomorrow. But, but
2: I'll use my poll here, I'll use my, my poll. But, you know, you know, I look at this whole world right now and I say to myself, we're spending 18.7% on GDP and we're sick and getting sicker. And then Hong Kong spends 6% of GDP. They live 10 years longer than we do here. And Bloomberg calls it the most effective, uh, effect, efficient health system. So I asked them recently I asked the head of the biggest hospital, the biggest payer, a government agency, why? And you know why? Because of what you do. They, they connect everybody early on in their lives to digital tools and they, Send them inspirational information about eating well, of exercising. And right. and so why are they less sick? But they invest, but Gil, in you more- know,
1: I had this aha moment the other day as the girls are with me. We went to get a cold brew or something, and they're like, uh, we'll get a small, right? So a small in Europe is a small a small in US is like they're like oh my god that's a small right and this whole supersizing like everything with um sugar the large sizes of everything i mean that's that's just it's to me it's just like now it was like a bigger aha moment i'm like that's it We're just like get, americans just like I to gotta eat more. A, i
0: got to get it i got to build on this i got to get this off my chest here of like what qualifies Let's do it I, what qualifies as coffee in the US like you know i'm just back up uh, you know like I'm you know like it's this idea like it's,
2: I, I, I'm I not a coffee aficionado and I don't make coffee. I'm an instant coffee person. But, you know, I, I, I when it comes to my instant coffee, I'm a patriot.
0: <laughs> but when people, when they walk in and they order these, like you said, this, like, giant. Grande. You know, creamy, you know, mocha covered chocolate, you know whipped cream or whatever it is and then they say you forgot, saying, you I forgot
2: a... the syrup you forgot the
0: syrup yeah, right? the syrup and then they and then they put the word cafe on it it's like oh, i'm just going for a cup of coffee <laughs> <laughs> <It's like seven laughs> and a cake and calories. a cake on top and the cake right. on top and
2: that's true look I, I, you said something I, I wrote about about two
0: years it ago like my, it was like one of my friends said they're gonna start eating salads and i look over and you order a salad and then order a a hoagie, you know, a sandwich, but on top of it.
2: <laughs> fries, and don't forget my fries. On top. You know, I wrote I wrote a piece about two years ago about, you know, everybody's complaining about the drug bill, the, the pharmaceutical bill. And I said, guess, guess what? It bothers you. It bothers me. It should bother us. Most of this is for non-communicable diseases, where our air quality, our water quality, our obesity are all tipping points to non-communicable diseases. I mean, we've got in this country, 90 million Americans who are Mm pre-diabetic. Only one in five even know they're pre-diabetic. And 20% of those people graduate from pre-diabetes to diabetes actually every year. So we're replenishing, you know, diabetes is the biggest growing business in America. Get into it if you wanna make a mint. But that's the inherent problem. The biggie size it adds, obviously, carbohydrates, which add weight, which add to cholesterol, heart disease, add to your blood glucose, A1C. We're actually, our economy, our consuming economy is fueling our our healthcare industry. And the healthcare industry is being blamed for trying to engage. It's a little bit like, hey, you're bleeding to death. I'm going to try to you know, use a tourniquet, and you'll say, how dare you sell tourniquets you know, to, this, to this issue? So okay. I, I don't really get it at this point. I don't think anybody feels they own it. I, I think that, Eugene, you're trying mm-hmm. to tackle this from actually uh, being at the pioneering stage of, of getting people to engage and own the fact that this is the most precious thing we have right? this shell self-care, and-
1: self-care accountability, but everybody needs a guide on that journey, right? That's sort of how we're tackling this. And, and by the way, you know, uh, it's not only on the sort of pre-chronic cause the reality is we're all pre-chronic, right? Um, right. but, but also the amount of work that coaches can do once you do have a chronic disease as well. Right. So yeah, we, we actually did a whole, your coach in the last, uh, you know, pimping out your coach in the our, our season recap last week. you know i would
2: i would make a suggestion i find uh and and by the way don't say anything you could say that's a stupid suggestion
1: but i i think (laughs) it's gonna be out there so you know
2: i i i think that part of part of the challenge that we're facing is that you your energy and others who are getting into the field right now where it's needed so desperately it's still it's fragmented i i've written about and i think scale Uh, moves machines. The reason why Apple Mm -hmm. or Microsoft or Google or Amazon uh, get stuff done is big, big and and powerful. And I think that the more you connect, more you find your partners and you connect, even if they're perceived your competitors, the more people in the space align around the behavioral health movement, I think the more people are going to say, wait a minute, we're spending a ton of money on health. why? And we're not even getting health. We're just getting just in time fixes. Maybe we should actually invest in health. Yeah. And uh, I'm rooting Which, for you. Thank, I can't thank you. Right you. I don't know if Jim is rooting for you as much as I'm rooting for you, but I'm really rooting
1: for you. No, 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 no. I mean, he's definitely rooting. Like, <laughs> you know, I, it's, you know, it, the, the, the 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 mental health sessions that we have every Wednesday, it just speaks yeah. for itself. So we saved each other. We, we saved each but, other. But thank you, you Gil, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> but glad to see you're rooting. You might be better at rooting.
1: <laughs> I am. Go, 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 go. You know, no. I wanted to touch something on, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, obviously we now have platforms and same thing, right? You're like, you and I follow each other for many, many years. And I think not until the pandemic hit, you and I had a Zoom session. Like we yep. just, you know, connected, right? Uh, oh, damn it. Yeah, we're not <laughs> supposed to say those words, but then we kind of, you know, the, the, the negative word. But, you know, um, I think we have the platforms to communicate that democratize communication. And there was this uh, discussion. I think Matthew Holt, you know, jabbers on Twitter all right, well, digital therapeutics and digital health and the cost need to be in an access. And then some of these DTXs are going and charging more than the drug. And what, what are your thoughts on sort of digital health broadly um, and access to uh, so care and, and democratizing that access, right? Uh, this
2: is, first of all, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I, I, I think oh, that oh, Matthew Holt or no, 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 I, I have nothing against <laughs> that. I don't
1: need Matthew going after <laughs> me today. No, I'm busting no. your chops. Yeah, too. I know that.
2: I know that Matthew, Matthew is brilliant and Matthew is shaking the system. Um, so no, that's good. But on digital health,
0: one of those, one of those things is
2: true. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good guy. Come on. But one of those, the, the reality is in our system is People look at return on investment by quarter, and and we have to integrate digital health into the system. So Germany, for instance, has made a stand. We're going to reimburse for digital health. We're going to reimburse doctors to prescribe digital health vehicles and apps. In, in the United States, it's it's like a nice thing to do. It's not a necessity to do. Um, we've just we've just. Um, we've just uh, sort of acknowledged that we're going to get rid of fax machines to transmit <laughs> data. I, 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 I shared on, on uh, Twitter um, of this little piece of an of email I got from my provider that said that they're no longer going to be using faxes. Well, that was supposed to happen in the Cures Act in April, um, uh, I think of last year, and now we're, we're getting around to it. But some hospitals have banks of 20 to 50 fax machines churning out documents so one digital health at the very minimal level has to be used um, to transmit information quickly to improve people's care that's given but in terms of actually we're looking at adherence we're looking at everything from um, of, of enabling physicians to understand that they're prescribing a drug if there's counterindications to another drug we're looking at people connecting to their physician in terms of telehealth we're looking at actually looking at um, ways where um, a, a, brand, a brand may have to have a digital health counterpart to make sure you're using the brand correctly or you're reminded to use your therapy on, on, a, on a basis. We're looking at actually collecting data. I certainly collect my health data on my watch and my phone to track where I'm going. There's no doubt about it, but what we're happening is, is the transition of a generation that grew up on what we call historic um, 1960s medicine and is moving into the modern era. But I would say FDA needs to get behind this in this country, CMS needs to get behind this. NHS has to get behind this. Certainly Germany has gotten behind this. In Israel, um, one of the reasons why they got on top of COVID so quickly was actually digital health. When you leave the airport in Israel, you, you you have to stay at home until your test results from COVID come back in. They actually monitor you. You've got to have your phone and be monitored, and they know exactly where you are. They'll pick you up. They'll go visit you. And, and they have systems in place. So if you look at countries that adapted digital health tools earlier, they're healthier. Hong Kong is a great example. Israel is a great example. Germany is a great example. And I think that you see companies in the UK. I'm not endorsing them, but they're at least exploring the potential, like Babylon Health, in the UK. They're exploring the potential of what digital health could mean to the well-being of uh, of those people. And I also think that there are uh, parents who really need to engage with their children around their health, who may have chronic conditions and so forth. So uh, um, we're we're unfortunately at the very I don't want to say dawn. Um, okay, we're not dawn. We're maybe at, at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. in terms of the digital health movement. But I think in the next totally. two years, watch it grow.
0: But so, so so your support, so these big valuations we're seeing, you know, we've had lots of debates about this on, on our, our little show here. Your support, like these valuations is the problem. Big so- show, big
1: show, man. Come on, big, big show. show. Look, we have millions
2: of people watching us right now, Jim. Exactly, exactly. Don't be so exactly. humble. <laughs> But, you know, you're talking about paratherapeutics, of course, the, the famous $4 billion.
0: And yeah, we promised we, we promised him we wouldn't talk about it again. <laughs> okay, there you go. I, well, I didn't promise. But also no, kidding, there I'm are kidding.
2: companies that are privately held. I think they're doing a SPAC. But there are other companies that are really amazing, like Olive AI. Um, they also have a $4 billion valuation, just raised of, um, was it $400 million? There are companies like Medable uh, in decentralized clinical trials that are that are using digital health tools to engage people. Uh, guess what? These fast-moving companies, they get it. And right. I think that the point you're trying to raise, Jim, which is money, people pay attention to money. Four billion bucks, all of a sudden people say, oh, i always loved digital. Well, for the <laughs> two of you and people like me who were there way back when, I wrote my first paper on digital health in 1995. People thought I was like a wacko. 1995 yeah did you
1: write it in your aol.com dashboard
2: I, i did i believe it or not i was actually um i actually was it was not called aol at that time i was a consultant it was called the greenhouse and and it was in a strip mall in mclean virginia um so yeah i was looking i was looking at how people were engaging each other on really difficult to navigate platforms the human desire to connect is super powerful. Digital health, yeah.
0: come on, it's a given. Right, so big valuations, big movement. And then and then the question, like as, a, as an ex-combat medic, are, are, are we, would you define right now as a war? Wow, um, no, no, I think we have
2: fragmentation, Jim. I think that what, what happens is people have business interests and their business interests don't align. That's what's happening. Does does a pharmaceutical company really understand how a hospital makes money? Does a hospital understand how a PBM makes money? Um, Does the government understand how to reimburse anything for anyone? Do patients understand how the system works? Right. Right. So when you look at all this, it's a mess. We're, We're talking about the jungle. Healthcare is a jungle. And so I don't think it's war. I think I think we all have our little machete. We're just trying to cut our way through the through the bush to understand what is going on here.
0: Right.
1: Awesome. So so what what will? I mean, I know just recently, and maybe you can talk a little bit about it. And so, forget about art of war, right? Leadership is the key, right? Um, and maybe you can talk a little bit about what you really meant in there. Uh, I mean, we all know, right? This ephemeral world word leadership, right? I don't know how many books have been written on it, right? But what did what did Gil Bash mean on this and how it impacts the healthcare system?
2: Yeah. So, so you know, I, I gave some snippets of leadership in that piece, people we know and we like, and, and, and some people we've worked with or worked for. And I have found that people who are leaders rise to the top of our attention and our admiration when they actually act out of character and do something that's really bold and risky. I think leadership does involve embracing risk. And the the challenge is most leaders want to finish out their term as CEO or leaders of an enterprise and just like um, return on investment, right? Shareholders are happy. And I don't think our world at this juncture can actually um, be sustainable on that path any longer in many different ways. I'm not just talking about the environment, by the way. You know, I think, I think that uh, although Bill Gates has really um, sort of tarnished his reputation, but I think don't don't overlook his words about the environment and our need to engage in protecting this environment that we all are partaking in, we live and we survive on the basis of. But when when different leaders stand up and they say. This is what I believe in. This is what we have to do. That's the defining moment. And I think all these leaders need to say, you know what? Before I finish out my term as a leader of a CEO of this enterprise, I I need to make sure that I find that I've I've made a a lasting impact. I've made a difference in the in the world that I, I co inhabit with all of us, and also that I've positioned us for the good. And I think that rather than position us for the good, they position us for the return on investment. I'm all for return on investment. Trust me, I've benefited from that as well. However, um, in my own wacko career trajectory, which you decided that you wanted to begin with, uh, I I have not been frightened, I've not been frightened to change course when I felt it was necessary to change course for the good of others. And so leadership for me is the ability to say, this is my charge in heading this nation, this organization, this company. And I'm also interconnected to everyone on this planet. I, I need to sit back and look, not what's good for this community or this nation. I, I need to understand what is good for the world. So, you know, I, I don't want to go into politics per se, but underlined exclamation point. A strong, a strong, a strong nation, right? Um, make, make a nation great again, fill in the blank of what nation. Um, that's really sweet, um, but it's not necessarily what our world needs right now. Our world needs a more interconnected world. And I think our leaders need to step, step up and say, you know, so we need more justice in the world, we need more health equity in the world. We need to lower disparities and increase um, access to care. We we need um, racial justice in the world. We need to even look at how we put up buildings and make sure that they're inviting and um, ecologically safe. This is all the mindset of leaders connecting to other leaders right now.
1: And I think we need a lot more of those leaders. I'm gonna add one more little thing. We were with really good friends yesterday. Just got out for about an hour, and we started talking about kindness. The world just needs more kindness, right? Uh, it's just step, you know. And it's not just sympathy, right? It's mm-hmm. not actually just empathy, and it just is a small word, but kindness as well. So, just my two cents on top of that. It, it might. I might-
0: building off your kindness. I Like I say, when people say, talk about like, what's the advice, and we'll, we're gonna ask you this question in a second, Gil, but is um, what's the advice, you know, for entrepreneurs when they're thinking about starting something or doing something? And I, I, I thought about this a lot, like forgiveness um, was forgiveness. And, but also, you know, being the the capacity to kind of forgive yourself, right? Like as you're kind of going through, because you, when, you, when the entrepreneur is going out there and doing it, that you can be tr- incredibly, tough on yourself and and other people, you know, just very started off deep is get got deeper. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) But I think you're look, you're right. I thought, I thought Eugene was going to go into the world of pink socks and Nick Datkins. Like that's a huge,
1: that's a huge one. I, I, as a matter of fact, you guys keep talking. I I just (laughs) found (laughs) he's going to run and get his pink
2: socks. I'm going to run and get my pink socks. People are just going to look at, I just,
1: there you uh, go. I just found a few. So, uh, that, so,
2: yeah. so 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 you know, a lot of people criticize Nick and pink socks. Like, wh- what's the what's the reason behind pink socks? Maybe the only reason is pink socks. In other words, maybe that's good enough of a reason. Is kindness is that's his whole thing? Hugs and kindness. And what's yep. wrong with that? It, you know, it doesn't. He doesn't have to cure cancer, but right. I think we could cure cancer through kindness. I think yeah. that that could be a catalyst to, to a cure, but to, to your point about kindness, I, I have a little card next to my computer where I work and it says, essentially, um, how would you feel if someone said that about you? And I, I really think about that constantly. And sometimes, certainly as we get more experience, and someone sends you something which is like, huh. You wanna call that person and say, huh? And, and I, that card and your word kindness is my restraint, which is, uh, they're, they're on a journey too. Why, who appointed me as the rain on their parade person? No one, right. and, and, and it's hard. It's hard because we, we, we wanna to go to that impatient moment and yet the kindness and the encouragement is what sparks things. You now, Jim, you said something, I, I, I definitely w- want to engage about this, the entrepreneurs and startups and, and fear of failure. Who, uh, no, no one says, I can't wait to fail. I'll learn something from it, which is true, but it's it's also heartbreaking. But I, I find that um, in our field, health entrepreneurs, particularly in digital health or health tech, the, the reason they fail is not the idea. Not the insight and not the innovation. It is the uh, failure to understand the system of which they're about to engage. The system is the great killer of of ideas that can improve the human condition. Now, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that everybody who's hearing our exchange today, or into the, the future, is going to say you know, rather than my shut down this idea because our hospital system doesn't want to incorporate it into our IT system and we'd have to train doctors and oh my goodness, and there's expense and time and energy and I'm too busy to say, you know, this is a really great idea that could improve people's lives. Let me share with you four other people who I think can help you understand how we operate so that you can sort of integrate into the world we live in. And, And that doesn't happen enough. And um, I've just been speaking to uh, accelerators and incubators about this, because I think that more startup enterprises before they sort of like charge into the market would do well to find and to find essentially an incubator and an accelerator. Spend that one year with with people like both of you, your, your supervision and TLC, and then charge into the market. That would definitely be my advice to people with great ideas that can improve the human condition.
0: Yep, it's the system. So, so Gil, straight should we go? Yeah. So, so oh, Gil, yeah. go ahead, Eugene. No, that. no,
1: no, go, 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 go. This is
2: gonna <laughs> be the zinger, right?
0: No, okay, no, so- not, we, not really, you partially already sort of answered, but, but yeah, Jim but has but a but twist you, to the question. Picture yourself a young combat medic coming out of Israel and you're starting a digital healthcare uh, company for the first time, and you've got a phenomenal idea and you've done a year in an incubator. What advice would you give that, that young entrepreneur?
2: First of all, I really invite the question. I just say today, what, why Israel's the startup nation is sort of producing actually our, our enterprise is uh, has a sort of a, an industry leader in that market because of the, the amount of innovation that's coming out of Israel. but but the hot army unit right now is no longer my unit. When I was a young person being a power trooper, you were like, wow. Today it's like, wow, they come out of the, the IT unit. Wow, um, you know, those are the superstars of today because of your question. But a, a few things and I wanna be um, systematic. One, um, don't worry as much about your idea and perfecting your idea or engineering your idea. One, study the existing marketplace and understand the uh, customer chain, the ecosystem of why it supports that modality. There's a reason why OBGYNs like ultrasound or GIs like, you know, sort of like doing colonoscopies don't think you're going to say, this idea, this innovation is so much better. Um, They're going to run away from ultrasound or colonoscopy or x ray or a CAT scan, to to, because this this could actually give me a a complete scan of your body. Um, Understand the economic ties they have and the the machinery around that environment, the big companies that have everything at stake. First, understand that, that's one. Two, understand who pays for what. What we, we often think, Um, we're gonna be disruptors. This idea is so powerful. It's gonna save so many lives. It's so much less expensive. They will abandon their $5 million machines to to just download my app um, for $4.95. And and, and they'll be doing at home their own um, pregnancy ultrasounds and, and beaming it up to the OBGYN who will assess it. Do not assume that improvement is what the system wants. What the system wants is to protect the system, study that. Next, who pays for what? Understand this. You know, In Europe and the United States, there's all sorts of codes, um, codes that, reimbursement codes. Who pays for what? Understand who pays for what. Then understand who advocates for what? Who are the thought leaders that have the power to change the system? Don't assume because 15 patients saw it and said, wow, I love it that 15 key opinion leaders are going to say, sure, I'm going to get rid of my whole department, collapse it into this and let you do that. So, uh, you know, I think that embrace the reality, drink, don't drink the Kool-Aid of your idea, drink the, the hard whiskey, um, the hard whiskey of the market and get that down really well first. And then charge forward with boldness. The other aspect is often inventors in one country, you said Israel for instance, will circle around them, key opinion leaders from their market. So if you're in Spain, you'll find key opinion leaders from Spain. If you're in Ireland, you'll get key opinion from Ireland. Your idea, medicine is not a local practice. The practice of medicine in terms of your needs is local, but best practice is global you have to start to think from day one, is this, forget about my market, how will 10 markets say I'm on board? The the regulatory process is easy. By the way, in the United States, when we talk about 510Ks, this is something I'm disturbed about. Payers will view a 510K approval as investigational use. They will not put a digital health device on formulary, they'll say, no, I'm sorry, it's investigation. Before you go in there and you can have all the lawyers and all the economists, and you could do a great health outcomes study, economic outcome study, no way, no how. Payers actually hold the final card. And who makes the decision on the payers? Experts in your field? Nope, nope. A group of what they call administrative MDs. They don't treat patients, but they know finance. And and so I would say we need more digital health innovators not to be in their own hands, to build community, to look at common obstacles, to forge partnerships, to use community as a way of tackling some of the biggest obstacles to improved care, the system. Number one, I would say study the system and Also, don't see the next person as a competitor. Even if there's 50 behavioral health companies using digital health, or 50 companies looking at migraine relief through neurotransmitters, don't think competitively in establishing a market. Think of the term coopetition. Unite to build the market, compete for the market. So that would be my advice.
1: Love it. That's probably the most thorough we got out
0: of the sixty-five episodes. I was so thinking it. we have to go back and transcribe it and turn it transcribe. into a, a small. Holy mackerel! So a book. Can I
2: say in my tweet when this comes out, after sixty-five illuminating episodes, Eugene and Jim have <laughs> determined my summary is by far <laughs> I, the deepest, most systematic. I, what I took 100%. out
1: of it though is hard whiskey. I, that's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> when I see you, we're going to have to we're gonna have to. I, I typically yeah. do, but uh,
0: it's, you I, know. Look, I've got to tell hard, you. The hard, hard whiskey hard. resonated with me. <laughs>
1: uh, 21
2: year. It has to be 21 year for me to even want to open up the bottle.
0: Otherwise, no way. Well, Gil, we were we had a challenge for you today, but we didn't tell you about it. That both Eugene and I, I'm in the middle of a major investment raise. Eugene is facing all kinds of challenges, so we see Gil needed us to, to carry us through Wednesday. So you successfully carried and us, and you through successfully Wednesday. did. Thank you. Thank you. you, know, Thank you. No, the reality <laughs> is,
2: the reality is, in terms of investment. First of all, I'm, I'm happy to talk. I'm happy to look at decks, um, and I'm happy to make suggestions always. Um, the, the, you, you know, you, you, Eugene, you said kindness. I find that we all have enough time in the day. We really do. And, and there is nothing more um, meaningful to help other people succeed and, and to applaud other people's success. And you know, I often find, I'll, I'll speak to a client and, and I'll say, I think you should share this, this article, this tweet. And they said, well, my competitor is in there. Why would I do that? It's not about me. And I say, you know, um, It's not like you both have multi billion dollar markets. You're right. They're creating (laughs) their success, actually, will lead to your success. And what we talked about at the very beginning is that the challenges to innovation, the challenge to innovation isn't the innovation, isn't the idea. It it is actually the system or the environment. So, anything I can do to lower the challenge bar, I'm on board.
1: I'm on board. You did it for us today, and I'm sure you're continuing the journey of doing this for everybody around you.
0: Yep. That's just you. uh,
1: Kindness. Kindness. Um, Gil, thank you very much. And for the millions of listeners and viewers, hit that subscribe button, share us out. And happy (laughs) Wednesday.